verses 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. We may be seated. God is done it again in our lives. He has not only blessed us to be alive on today, but God has blessed us to be in worship on this morning. We are just so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. And David says that for a number of reasons, but one, he had been victorious over the Jubasites, and he had brought back the Ark of the Covenant to its homeland, Jerusalem. David had joy over worship, and then he had prayer over worship. Worship is one of the greatest acts that a Christian can put forward. Every Sunday morning, God comes down from heaven, meet with his people. We come together to meet with God and the people of God and to worship God in spirit and in truth. I don't know of any stronger act as Christians that we can put forward than the worship of our God in heaven. That's why every Sunday morning that God give you the good strength and health, you ought to get in your car. You ought to call Uber. You ought to call Lyft and come down to the worship of the Lord Almighty. It's good to see those of you who are with us this morning. Good to see those who are online with us this morning. Uh, we want you to know that we are glad that you are have chosen to be with us on this day. We want to uh, make mention right quickly of um, on the board. The board says this church is not like family, but it is family. On uh, this past week, uh, our good brother, Caden, uh, raise your hand. Caden, y'all turn around, look in the back, and I know you might know Caden, and that's Brother Kemp's uh, oldest son. He was in, he is in uh, talented theater, and he starred uh, in The Wizard uh, of Woodlawn uh, this past, uh, uh, what it was, Friday? This past Friday? And he, uh, let me get this right here. Uh, he, he starred as Alex. Uh, he was the voice of reasoning for a character who needed to decide the right thing to do. And so we, we thank him for being in such a, a positive a role at the school. And, uh, and my wife and his family members were there. And, of course, she teaches at Woodlawn. But, but I heard he did a magnificent job. And so we want you to know to continue uh, to do those things that you are doing uh, at the school that you can be an example uh, to those peers and those that surround you. I think that we need to build up our young people as much as we possibly can. 
uh, because there are a number of things that they can get themselves into, but all of it is not positive. And whenever they do something positive, we need to uh, be there not only to support them, uh, but we need to sing their praises. For the Bible says, we will sorrow with those who sorrow, and we will rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen, somebody. Uh, if you're so kind, I would ask that you would be finding Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. Well, let's start with verse 5. Proverbs 22. Verse number 5, Proverbs 22 and verse 5, and let's read on down from verse number 5. The Bible says, thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that do it, he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rule it over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Go over now to Proverbs 6, Proverbs number 6, and let's take a look there at verse number 20. Proverbs 6 and verse 20. My son. Keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not thy, the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. I wanted to just read these scriptures here in Proverbs 6 uh, to let you know that there is a parental partnership in rearing children. You need father and mother. I, I wish I had somebody over here somewhere in the corner. You need father and mother. And it is not a guarantee that when you have both father and mother, that the child is going to be what we call successful. But that child still has a better chance by having both parents inside of the home working together as a team to lead, guide, teach, train, raise, rear, equip, prepare, develop that child to become what God wants him to be. Proverbs 22, verse 6, we have heard this scripture a number of times, and it says, train, train, train. Train. Last week I made mention that just because you have a child does not make you a mother. Motherhood has to be earned. Just because you birthed and conceived a human being into life 
does not make you automatically a mother. Motherhood is earned. There are some things that you need to do. There are things that need to be practiced and manifest in the life of the mother that goes into the life of the child. And so motherhood is earned and it should not be given. But train up a child. Train. Train. To train means to dedicate oneself to. If you are in the training business, teaching business, coaching business, you have to commit yourself to whomever you are teaching, training, or, or coaching, or mentoring. It is dedication. It is commitment. And if you have a child today that is still in your home, it is your job to dedicate your life and your commitment to teaching, training, and developing that child. Ah. Uh, Train up a child in the way he should go. Notice it says train up a child. If you can train up a child, you can train down a child. Let that sit on you a little while. If you can train him up, then you can train him down. You can train your children to become successful in life. People are, who are successful just don't become successful overnight. You have to put some things into practice, and your child can become successful, but you're going to have to train that child. But if the child don't have no training, then the child will not be trained up. He will be trained down. Train up a child in the way he should go. In the way he should go. And I'm trying to give you this before I get to the other thing. In the way he should go. In the way he should go. That means you have to initiate by putting your child on the right path of life. As the parent, you have to start him or her off on the right foot. You have to put him or her on the right road of life. Train up a child. Initiate that child on the right course of his or her life. Train up a child in the way he should go. That means uh, that God wants that child to go on a certain path. Now, this is not talking about spiritually. He's talking about either the course of his future or the character of the child. I like to go with the character of the child in the way he should go which means according to his own or her unique characteristic. You have to know your child to be able to put your child on the right path. Some of your children will never become football players. Amen, somebody. You, it's all right to say amen. Everybody's not born with that gift. Everybody is not athletic. Everybody does not have speed. Everybody does not have strength. Everybody, that's not what you, that's, 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 that's not it. You have to watch your child. Observe your son. Observe your daughter. And see what it is that causes them to, to tick. What are their niche? What is their niche, rather? What makes them go? What, what excites them? What, 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 what are their passions are? And whenever you find his or her passion, then it's your job to help mold, create, and develop 
a path for your child that whatever the passion is, that one day they can become. You know, there are people in school right now, in college. Parents are spending money. They don't even know their majors. They're just floating around. They're floating around. You ought to know what your children are good at. You ought to know what your child or passions are. And whatever your children's passions are, you put them on the right path. Now, you can't do everything for them. But you can start them off on the right foot. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject on the subject on how to raise kids who won't leave the church. Mm. We live in a day and time where children will leave their father and mother's home and will no longer go to church. Hello, somebody. I remember growing up as a boy and I grew up in the church when preachers still had what they call preacher boys. And you might have heard of the Keeble boys. You might have heard of the Winston boys. There are different older preachers. When they took boys in, they almost became like their adopted sons. Well, we would follow the preacher. And everywhere the preacher went, we would go. And everywhere he, uh, he ate, we ate. And the things he was given, he shared with us. And one of the things I learned is this, is as we came up, there were a number of boys that were at that time together. But then after the years went on, they start to fall off one by one, one by one. And then afterwards, when we became adults, you've seen these individuals again, and they were no longer practicing Christianity. They were no longer in the church. They were no longer going to church. They were no longer doing the things that God required them to do. I want you to know that the church over the years have lost a number of members because when the young folk grow up and they leave out of their mother's homes and father's homes, some of them stop going to worship. Uh, when you go off to college, it's, it's your job to, to continue to go to worship on Sunday mornings. If you got to drag yourself out of bed, you drag yourself out of bed. If you go off to the military, it's your job to find a congregation somewhere. It's your job to get on the telephone and call that leadership and say, listen, I'm so-and-so, and I'm from Louisiana, and, and I want to go to worship. Can you have somebody pick me up? I'm in this company over here, and I'm going to be standing here, and I want somebody. It's your job, but it's mama and daddy's job to make sure you raise your children that when they leave your home, that they still go off to worship. Let's go to point number one. Point number one. Watch this here. Take your kids to church. How in the world you want your children to go to church when they leave your house when you did not take them to church when they were in your house? Am, am I talking right, Sister Young? Is that, is that right? Huh? 
Sister, Sister Putman, does that, that sound right? Let me, let me talk to the old folks. Sister Brister, does that sound right this morning, what I'm saying? Because, listen, it's your job to teach your children. It's, it's your job to raise your children. And I know you say, well, you know, Brother Phil, you know, when, when they leave, they're on their own. But what did you do when they were with you? Makes all the difference. Listen, it's your job every Sunday. Take your children to church. Because if you fail to take them to church every Sunday, you are teaching your children church worship. God is not important. And we ought to take them to church because we take them everywhere else. Are you preaching, Brother Viltz? You take them all over the place. But you fail to take them to church. There is no place besides your house that is more important than the worship of God. And I don't know what's wrong with some of these folk. And people who've been in the church for years. Worship is a must. It's not an option. Did you hear me what I said? It's not an option. You don't think about Sunday morning whether or not I'm going to church. Uh-uh. It's no option. It's a command. So your job, you got to take your kids to church. Even when they don't want to go to church. Right? <laughs> Listen, y'all. Train up a child in the way he should. He's a child. They don't know the way. They should go. That's why you develop them. They don't know the way they should go. It's your job as a parent. It's your job as a father and as a mother to make sure that you take your kids to church. I'm reminded of three individuals that stick out in my mind. Number one, number one, Samuel. One of the greatest of the Old Testament, Samuel. Samuel became who he was because of Eli. Samuel's mother was one of the most prominent women in the Old Testament. Her name is Hannah. And Hannah prayed her way into conceiving a child. And once she gave it to the Lord, the Lord gave something back to her. Hannah told God, if you give me a son, I promise you, I will give him back to you. She took him around age three years old, took him down to the temple where the priest was and where Eli was. And she turned him over unto Eli. And Samuel became one of the greatest of all times because she turned him over to the church. Jesus was found in the temple at age 12. Why was he in the temple? Because it was custom. That his mother and father, now at, at, at some point in time, Joseph might have died. But Mary understood that it was still her responsibility to take her children, Jesus and the rest of his brothers and sisters, take them down to where? Jerusalem. And Jesus knew where the temple was. And matter of fact, when they got ready to go back home to Nazareth, he was in the temple with the leaders in the temple. His mother and everybody looking for him. When she finally caught up with Jesus, 
She says, don't you know we've been looking for you, boy? She says, where you, what were you? He said, mama, don't you know I got to be about my father's business? I'm up in the temple. The Bible says Mary held it in her heart. Sisters, you will hold some stuff in your heart. Some stuff they're good, and some stuff they're bad. Some stuff there that you need to hold, and there's some stuff you need to let go, but you don't. Say amen when you can right up in here. Huh? You thought it was over. You thought it was over. It done happened five hours ago. You thought it was over. It done happened five years ago. You thought it was over. It done happened ten years ago. They bringing up stuff that done happened five years ago. Go on and laugh, Sister Eve. I know it's right. They hold stuff. But my point is, Jesus' mother held that. What he said, I must be about my father's business at age 12. Then there's Timothy. 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 Paul says, I'm paraphrasing, I credit the way you are is because of your mother and your grandmother. Didn't say his daddy. We said his mother and his grandmother. His daddy was a Greek, but he says, your mother and your grandmother. His daddy might have been there or not. He says, your mother and your grandmother. His mother, his father might have been dead or not, but he says, your mother and your grandmother. And if you look in our culture, you'll still see today that it's mothers and grandmothers who are taking care of boys and who are trying to turn boys into men. Now, I'm not telling you they can't do it because they can. But it is much, much easier to develop that boy when you have both parents inside of the house. Hmm. Take your kids to church. Number two, watch this here. Create a church culture in the home. Create a church culture in the home. Create a church culture in the home. And, and, and one of the things that helped me uh, was this, was, was every holiday the preacher had, I was at the preacher's table. Everywhere the preacher went, I was there, even when the other boys were not there. I saw church culture every time I was in that house. Your job is to develop a culture of church in your house. Your house is an extension of the church. The church is an extension of heaven. Heaven is an extension of God. God is an extension of himself. When you go home, there are some things that ought to take place in the home that reminds you of the church. (laughs) There are some things that should go on in your own house that you've seen Happen in the church. You should hear some singing at your house. Every once in a while, somebody should break out in a song. Brother Taher gave us Heaven is on the Other Side, a 2.0 version this morning. Amen, somebody. That means that was his own version. He had a different version than Brother Brown this morning. He had a 2.0 version. Brother Brown comes with a 1.0 version. Next Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday. Brother Wilson will have a 3.0 version. You should see things happening in your house that happens at the church. Every once in a while, you should hear somebody singing 
the old songs of Zion. You shouldn't always be playing that other stuff in your house. And I ain't saying I don't play it in my house because I do. But what I want y'all to understand over here is every once in a while, they ought to hear you sing the songs of Zion. They ought to hear you sing some stuff that they hear within these four walls. They ought to hear you pray. They ought to see you pray. Your children ought to be able to lay eyes on his mother and his father, and they ought to be able to see them physically praying right there in the house. They ought to, you ought to take the Bible and read the Bible with your children or let them read the Bible with you. You ought to develop a culture in your house. Church, it don't make sense for us to come to church every Sunday and do what we do and we keep church behind. You got to take church with you home. And they ought to see you pray. They ought to hear you pray. Whenever y'all having hard times in your house, they ought to hear you talk about how to resolve issues in your house. One of, right now, well, right now, because I don't like... I, this TV business is, is not for me. This, this, this age over here, uh, I, I just can't get with some of these, these programs that they got on. I don't watch these series by Tyler Perry. I don't watch these series that, that others, I, I don't look at that, that stuff. And I'm, if you do, fine. Black power, I'm good. But, but it don't interest me. But what interests me is this. Have you ever seen Blue Bloods? See, that, that, that. See, that's, that's principles. That's value. That's spirituality. That's putting God before everything. Uh, Y'all remember Tom Selleck? He, he used to be uh, the, fa the fellow, he was younger, much, much younger then, uh, who, who, who would drive the red car on Magnum P.I. back in the day. Y'all remember that, huh? Come on, y'all act like y'all didn't watch Magnum P.I. I just had two channels at the house, and one of them caught Magnum P.I. You remember the fellow who was with Tom Selleck, and he had the Doberman Pinchers? Y'all remember that? With the gate around the house. Well, Tom Selleck, is, he plays the father. And, and he has his father who is still living. White hair man sitting at the table. But Tom Selleck, you can tell he's the centerpiece of everything. And he has sons and all of them and his daughter. And all of them is, is in law. They're all in law. Every last one of them. Right? And, and, and when something go down. And I just like how, how, he, how he plays his role. And, and, and they pray before they eat every meal. Amen, somebody. And then he chooses, he chooses some of his grandkids or sons to, to pray uh, at the table. Huh? If you get the time, just, just watch it. Just watch it. Just one, one episode, if, if you will, and you'll see what I'm saying right there. It's worth watching. Some of that other stuff ain't worth watching. All right? Listen, they ought to see you read the Bible. <laughs> They ought to hear you pray, and they ought to hear you work out some resolutions in the house. There's some stuff they shouldn't be privy to, but there are some stuff your children need to see. And they need to know how you function in that situation and circumstance. Because how in the world do you want them to be able to do what you're doing if they never see it or if they never hear it? Oh, I tell you, you got to create a church culture in your home. 
that's dad is in mama. That, that's, that's, listen, listen, that, that's, that's, the, that's the father and the mother. And if, you, if you're a single parent, that's your job. Yeah, if you may be, Brother Brown was talking about the single, lifting the single women uh, last Wednesday on, on Bible class. Listen, you, you a single mother, you the head of that house. It's your job to step up to the plate. And let me tell you something. Look, when Joseph died, Mary had to take those children and she had to do what she had to do. And she did a mighty good job. And there are a number of women in here and other places uh, and in different cities uh, who raised their kids all by themselves with the help of the good Lord. So you can do an excellent job. Point number three. Watch this here. Point number three. Involve your children in worship. Woo. Listen, involve your children in worship. It is very hard for a son to serve in the service of the Lord if all he see his daddy do is warm a pew. Boy, I'm glad I ain't a preacher who operate on some amens because I would quit my sermons. How in the world do you want your son to worship and participate in worship, rather, if all you do as a father is sit down and worship? God gave it to men to lead the house of worship. And if God gave it to men to lead the house of worship, then God, God, God expects men to what? Lead the house of worship. Every man, every man who is a baptized believer should be able to do at least one thing in the church. Cool, man, I tell you. At least one thing. You can talk to Brother Steph, brother. You talk to Brother Ryan. Say, look, this is what I want to do. Uh, brother Shows, uh, brother, brother Brown, uh, Brother Gathers. Look, this is what I, Brother Dye. Look, let, let me take the temperature. You mean to tell me we got folk who can't take no temperature in the morning? I wish I had somebody up in here. <laughs> All you going to do is just sit down in the house of the Lord? And not do a thing in the house of the Lord. I want you to know something. One of these days, you're going to have to give an account for that. If God would allow women to lead us in the worship, women would run laps around us. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. They would run laps around them because you ain't got to do all that with women. You just got to tell them what to do, how to do it. Bam, they off to running. You almost got to take out teeth to get men to do what God wants them to do in the church. And how in the world you want your son to be a person who works in the service of the Lord and all he see his daddy do is sit down in the worship and do nothing. Preach, Brother Viltz. Preach, Brother Viltz. Preach, Brother Viltz. Involve your children in the worship. But if you want to involve them in the worship, you got to involve yourself. I heard you say the other day, Brother Steph, stood right here and said if there are any brothers, if there are any brothers who desire to work in the service, please let me know. 
He said that about two Sundays ago. About two Sundays ago. And anytime you hear somebody tell you that, you ought to say to myself, now wait a minute. Am I a brother in the church? Can I do something? We ain't asking you to come up here and lead no song. We ain't asking you to come up here and pray. You do that if you want. But you can do something in the service of the Lord. The Bible says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Now, you can, you can hold the door. You can stand at those doors in the morning. And you can open up the door for people to come on in the house of the Lord. Don't tell me you can't do something in the Lord's house. Amen, preacher. Let me close this thing out. We ain't got no pulpit for me to hide behind no more, so I'm just going to have to take my lick. Point number four. Speak well of Christians. Speak well of Christians. Stop having fried pork chop preachers after service. Stop having fried chicken elders after service. Stop having stew deacon after service. Stop roasting the membership after worship. How in the world you expect your children to respect the leadership of the church if you disrespect them at your house? Preach, Bill. You. How you expect your children? To stay with God's people. And all you do when you leave the church is bad mouth the people who are supposed to be your family. The people who are you supposed to serve in heaven with throughout all eternity. How in the world you want your children to go to church when they leave your house. When all you do is bad mouth the church when you leave there. Boy, you preaching, Bill. I know I am. They ain't got to say a word this morning. There are some things in church that need to be said. They don't always like it. And preachers should not worry about whether they like it or not. They should understand that there are certain things that God wants his people to hear. And it's your job on the other side to understand there are certain things that is said that God wants you to receive out of love. And you may not feel the love. But that doesn't mean it's not in love. Truth will always, well, truth will sometimes hurts. Let me correct that. Truth will sometimes hurts. I say truth will sometimes hurts. Oh, yes, it will. It may be good for you. It may be right for you. Truth is like good medicine. It's like good medicine. You don't like that medicine. You don't like to take it, but it'll do you some good. And if you take the word of God, you take the word of God, it'll help you in your life. I want you to know you got to speak well of Christians. Christians are God's people. I don't have the time to do it this morning, but there are two groups in the church. There are church folk and there are Christians. <laughs> Preach, Brother Bills. There are church folk and there are Christians. Speak well of Christians. They're God's people. Be careful what you say. No, 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 no. You, you need to get this one. Be careful what you say. Nobody else might hear your conversations. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say about God's men. Be careful what you say about God's people. You ever read the story of Elijah? 
uh, Elijah or Elisha, they had some kids out there by the forest. Elijah comes by, and Elijah must have had a bald head. And those kids was, was making fun of Elijah. They were saying, bald head, oh, you bald head, bald head, oh, you bald head. God called some bears out of the woods to eat those children alive. Be careful what you say. I say, be careful what you say. The Bible says, every word, every idle word, rather, Every idle word that you speak, you will have to give an account. Hmm. How to raise your children where they won't leave the church. You got to start by bringing them to church. You got to involve them in worship. You as fathers have to participate. I didn't have the time to tell you about the mothers. There's a side to that as well. But you have to involve your children. You have to speak well of the people they sit around each and every Sunday. You got you to gotta do those things repeatedly. You got to develop a culture in your house. And ladies, I know sometimes it may be a little difficult with men. And men, I know sometimes it may be a little difficult with women. But you got to work together. I said you got to work together. I, I said you got to work together to develop a culture. And let me tell you, and some of y'all, I'm looking at y'all, y'all ain't got no children in your house. You done reared and raised your kids. Praise God. Praise God. I hope they still go to church. But then you got some grandkids. Now, I'm not asking you to raise your grandkids because that's not your responsibility. You can drop them off to the house, but you better come back and get them. <clears throat> you can't raise your grandkids. That's the dad and the mom's job. But you can pray for him. You can call him off a side when he come to your house and say, listen, listen, listen. You know, Papa, see, you know, I, I, I'm seeing some stuff in you. You know, you know, Papa, love you. And I, I you going down the wrong world. You're looking at your granddaughter. You, you, Mama, Mama I'm, I'm looking at you. Mama, I love you. And, and what I'm seeing, I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what you ought to be. You ought not be doing. Amen, somebody. You don't raise yours now. But tell the truth this morning. You can't be a grandparent and see your children go on a wayward road and not, and it don't do something to you. It bothers you. Amen, somebody. It bothers you. And I'm telling you as grandparents, you pray for your grandchildren. You can't raise them. That's not your job. But you can pray for them. Talk to God about them. Say, Lord, be with my grandson. You know he needs you. Be with my granddaughter. You know he needs you. Be with them when they leave this house. Be with them on these on these roads. Be with them in school. Be with them in the be with my grandchildren. And let me tell you something. God will hear your prayers. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, and that word old means older, he will not depart from it. The prodigal son teaches us that you might get off for a while, but when it's in you. When you were trained right, come on, grandparents, help a preach out this morning. When you were trained right, you might want to go out there and live like a hog. But when you were trained right, oh, yeah, it'll bother your conscience. Oh, yeah, 
it'll be like prongs in your side. Oh, yeah, when you train him the right way, he might get off. She might get off. But just keep the door unlocked. You're here knocking. Keep your cell phone on. She'll call. Don't lock. Don't change the locks now. They'll be coming sooner or later. But you got to train them in the way they should go on this morning. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing this word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on, and water baptism for the remission of your sins. If you're a child of God, you stand in need of prayer today. I'm going to ask you to, to turn your life over to God. Recommit yourself to God. Dedicate yourself back to the Lord. If you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins uh, on today, you want to say, I want to be a member of the Lord's church. I want to be a member of the Lord's church. And I know we say that all the time, and I know we have visitors that come with us and folk that are online, and they don't always understand what that means. But I want you to know that I and the rest of these baptized believers, we want you to be in the right place, that when the Lord calls you on in, that you may hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. If that's your desire, as together we stand and together we sing the invitation song, why don't